Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Gosh, I hate Jamie. Welcome to the show. Jamie's laughing at me. We haven't even started. Jamie's laughing at me. Welcome, everybody. It's Fantasy Football Today. It's Thursday. we got two games to talk about. we got some DFS lineups of the top six tight ends. In 2023, I found that to be a pretty difficult task to rank the top six. Um, I don't know if anybody feels the same way. Uh, Wide receiver was a piece of cake. Quarterback was fun. Running back was kind of fun and and sort of easy. Tight end was tough. Tight end was tough. Anyone feeling that? Um, Well, one was easy. One one and two were easy. It's too easy? Yeah, two's easy. Is it? Everybody has Andrews, right? Who else would it be? Everybody has Andrews. Well, I don't know if it's easy. Who else would it be? I mean, Hawkinson was pretty amazing with the Vikings. Yeah, against the Giants, sure. Uh, Alex Goddard was great when he was healthy. It's that's gonna be Andrews. Kittle was pretty amazing with Purdy. See, this is tough. This is tough stuff right here. So I had it. I had the top. Yeah, I think I think six is hard. I think if you were doing a top four, it would be easy. Um, but. Like determining which of the next three or four guys get to be six is difficult. I hate my th- number three tight end. Hate it. Who's the number three for you? Hawkinson. Uh, Hawkinson. Yeah, I, I went with Goddard. Why do you hate it? Because it, it breaks the rule. Like you got to be top two on your team in targets to be a, t- a top five tight end, except for two of the tight ends who did it this year. Uh, <laughs> so, But he's not going to be that. Uh, but he's just so good. Know? He's not going to be that. Unless he's not going to be second. No, he's not going to out target Brown or Smith. It's not going to happen. Oh, I was thinking Hawkinson. Sorry. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, he's not. Gonna. Uh, but there were two tight ends who finished in the top six in PPR this year that were not one or two on their team in targets. That was George Kittle and Evan Ingram. They were both top six tight ends. Kittle was number three. Ingram was number five overall. And they were both third on their team in targets. So rules are meant to be broken. Uh, Let's talk about tight ends in just a little bit. Let's start with our picks and predictions for the weekend. Heath, what do you think? Are the Chiefs going to win? Let's predict the games. Let's start with the AFC. Uh, Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, especially when everyone's doubting him and talking about how Joe Burrows beat him three times in a row and someone called it Burrowhead. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think the Chiefs, it's, a, it's an outstanding, like, I don't know which Bengals player that was, but that's an outstanding turn of phrase. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Chiefs win 31-27. Okay, they are now one-point favorites. They were one-point underdogs. Jamie, who do you like in that game? I like the Bengals. Um, I do think that, you know, Mahomes not at 100% is a little concerning. You know, so he's, he's, this is clearly 
not the best case scenario, but it's the best case of the scenario. You know, the fact that he's been able to get through some semblance of practice and doesn't appear to be um, severely limited by this ankle, at least as of now. But I, I think if he's not 100%, you know, he's, he's, he's the difference maker. And if he's, if he's not going to be the difference maker, the Bengals, I think, have, aside from Kelsey, almost an advantage everywhere else. Not offensive line. Uh, not offensive line, but uh, you know, if if for whatever reason Jonah Williams and and Karras play, it's closer. It's closer. That's I mean a huge strength for the Chiefs though. And uh, but you would you would have said that last year too, right? I mean, I'm picking the Bengals, so you don't have to you don't have to convince me too much. Um, yeah, I'm concerned about Mahomes. He did not throw a single pass outside the pocket after his ankle injury last week, and he led the NFL in pass attempts outside the pocket during the regular season. So obviously last week he was not himself. They keep saying, you know, very optimistic things, but a high ankle sprain to come back that quickly and be, you know, be yourself. I just, I don't think he's going to have the mobility. I I was shocked he was jogging at practice yesterday. Um, Like, I, I didn't expect him to practice yesterday. I didn't expect him to practice today. I thought maybe he'd get a limited practice on Friday. I always thought he would play. But, it, it, I, and this could be wrong, but I would just think if you had a concern about how good his ankle is going to be on Sunday, you would not let him jog at practice on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, I, would pro- I, I think I would probably pick the Bengals anyway. I just feel like they are, they've been underrated. They are underrated, but... Uh, you know, I felt really confident in them last week. I don't feel quite as confident this week in Burrowhead. I don't think they're underrated anymore. Probably not, but I think they were as, as, as up until Sunday. They were. It's underrated. it's interesting. Like, why? What is it about them that makes them so much better in the playoffs than the regular season? Well, they've been really good, right? So they got off to a slow start and they lost three games or something on a last second field goal. If I, I'm doing this off the top of my head, I don't know, but I feel like they've been. They got off to a bad start record-wise, but they had some bad luck, and they've probably been just pretty awesome since then. But what is it? Burrow never turns the ball over. That's huge. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Their defense, their defense, two years in a row just has gotten better. But the Chiefs too. The, look at how good the Chiefs' defense was last week, and now I, I kind of poo-pooed it last week, but they did it again, and they're doing that same thing where they get better as the season goes on. Might be lower scoring game. What's the total here? Uh, that would be 47. Might be a low-scoring game. I, L- I hope I hope Mahomes is close to 100%. I mean, clearly he's not going to be 100%, but you know, it would be a shame to be robbed of these two teams at their best yeah. you know, going head-to-head. And obviously the Bengals' offensive line is not going to be 100%, so they have that issue to deal with. But, I mean, you, know, you knew you were going to get two titanic matchups because of – Cincinnati, Buffalo facing in the divisional round, and then Kansas City if they got by getting one of those two teams. And so, um, last week's game was disappointing because the Bills, you know, played the way they did. And we'll see if this game can hopefully live up to hype. All right, let's talk about the NFC game. It's actually the earlier game, three o'clock on Sunday. 49ers at Eagles. Eagles are two and a half point favorites. The total is forty six. Heath, you took the Chiefs. Who are you taking in the NFC? I will take the Eagles. I'm just going to keep betting against Brock Purdy until he wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will, um, I'll say that one's going to be 27, 17 Eagles. Okay. So they're winning and covering Jamie. How about you? I'll take the Eagles as well. I think just being at home is a big advantage for them. Uh, I agree with Heath. It's, it just feels like at some point party's going to lose. Um, but you know, you, you made the case, uh, 
uh, you, you weren't on the show, Heath, yesterday. Adam said the Eagles are the greatest team of all time. Um, <laughs> he actually said that on, tu- on Wednesday as well, or on Tuesday as well, so Monday, gotcha. whatever. Yeah. I didn't say that ever, but uh, I do think they're, they're a tremendous team, and they win in cover. But you know, uh, I, do, I do think that they, they, they win in cover as well. Yeah, her, the Hurts thing is interesting because, I again, like I said, I don't think he looked 100% running the ball. He seemed very hesitant when he was running the ball, shying away from contact. Just didn't seem like himself in that regard. Obviously, he was good enough throwing the ball last week. This is going to this is gonna be a different beast for sure. Then you got the injuries to McCaffrey and Mitchell and Debo Samuel. They'll probably all play, but they're not 100% healthy. So we're all taking the Eagles to win and cover. Two Bengals picks. Heath is sticking with his Chiefs. And we'll give you some DFS stuff a little bit later. We also have a DFS podcast. The episodes in this feed uh, drops on Thursdays. So I actually listened to last week's episode. They do a great job. And one thing they said was, if you want to do some DFS, don't be afraid to do some cash games. So, you know, we talk about tournaments all the time, but cash games can be very profitable as well. And you can use your cash games to bankroll your tournaments. Uh, We have a Facebook group. If you want to join the discussion and talk with other fantasy football players, just go to Facebook, search for Fantasy Football Today. The link is in the episode description. And it's really, it's a lot of fun. Throughout the season, you'll get some start-sit advice, some trade advice, those types of things. And just be in the community with other, other listeners and viewers and people who just love fantasy football. Here are your news and notes. We have a new offensive coordinator to tell you about that in a moment. But as I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and Debo Samuel all dealing with injuries. Um, and we hope that they are healthy. For McCaffrey, it's a calf injury, and he could not finish the game last week. Cincinnati offensive lineman Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa mispractice. Seattle wants to re-sign Geno Smith. And the big news, Jamie, the Jets are hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive <laughs> coordinator. Uh, I did like that Adam Schefter, when he tweeted it out, he said, uh, fodder for New York sports radio for the next several weeks. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be debated. I have a, um, one of my cousins is a big Jets fan, and I was with him this weekend in Houston. And the one thing he was saying is like, don't hire Hackett. Please don't hire Hackett. I don't want to see Hackett on the, on, on the coaching staff. And, and that's what they did. Um, it, you know, you want to connect the dots. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is being rumored to an AFC team, and this probably is only going to make that rumor more uh, pressing. So we'll see if that's the next domino that falls, if they make the move to go get Rodgers, which, you know, I guess can make sense given the Jets roster and their potential to be a competitive team right away. So... I, I don't think you should judge Hackett based on his Broncos experience for what he did for, you know, the Packer or how he helped the Packers offense and what he was doing for, you know, Rodgers as a as a quarterback guy. You know, he wasn't the uh, the full time play caller clearly in Green Bay, so that's something to take into account. Um, you know, I, I I don't I don't think you can, at least I hope you can mess up Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson when they're healthy. So it's just a matter of if they get the right quarterback in place. I think things will be okay. <laughs> well, can you mess up Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy just, and Javante Williams? Yeah, I don't think uh, he messed I mean, up as, Jerry Judy. As, as the head coach, you probably can. As the play caller, I, I hope not. Well, there's a, a they, lot of guys who have been not very good head coaches who were very good coordinators and went back to being good coordinators after they were not very good head coaches. But he never called plays. Right. That's the difference. And as soon as he started calling plays in Denver, you know, it didn't go well. And then when he left, they changed things up. Well, he called plays before he was not in Green Bay, but not he in called Green plays in, in Jacksonville. Okay, I'm sorry. He didn't call plays in Green Bay. Um, was he good in Jacksonville? Would they have a good offense? He was the offensive coordinator when they had the I think the number five offense in the NFL and went to the AFC cha- championship game. Okay. So the Bortles Bortles year. Um anyway, yeah, I mean when when he they changed things up after he 
was fired, and they unlocked some things on their offense in Denver. So that was not a good look for Hackett. They did a lot more uh, play action, I believe. Maybe got him out of the pocket a little bit more. Um, but Wilson, that is. But okay, so what do you think, Heath, for for the Jets for ha- with Hackett? I think he'll probably be like average ish. I don't think it. I think it's probably going to be have a lot more to do with who the quarterback is than who the offensive coordinator is. Yeah. Okay. Well then, let's talk about tight ends. Top six tight ends. First question we got is from Scott. Are you guys moving T.J. Hawkinson ahead of Mark Andrews? So we we did not do that, but uh, you you both have T.J. Hawkinson third. So what's the gap between Andrews and Hawkinson? I would think, in just in terms of rounds, to me, Andrews is at best a third round pick, and I would say Hawkinson is probably a, a fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to find out about Mark Andrews, maybe. <laughs> Let's see uh, what kind of offense they're running and who his quarterback is. But assuming everything's the same, I found it really interesting. I wrote about Andrews this morning for my Dynasty tight end tiers column that should be out later today. And he averaged more fantasy points with Lamar Jackson last year than he did with Lamar Jackson the year before. He was 14.9 fantasy points per game in twenty in his fantastic 2021 year with Lamar Jackson. The games they both played at least 20% of the snaps. Last year, the games they both played at least 20% of the snaps, he was 15.4 fantasy points per game with Lamar Jackson. And I put some Twitter polls out, like, what's 15? Because I didn't want to use the name because I know some people are kind of down on him. But I do think if he can get back to that 15 fantasy points per game and the tight end landscape stay, stays what it was last year, then he's a borderline round two pick. Hawkinson was at 12.6 points per game, and that, so was yeah. Mark Andrews. I, I think you could make an adjustment to Hawkinson's as well, just because I don't think he played the entire game in Week 18 and had like four points. Um, but yeah, he Hawkinson has not shown us the upside that Mark Andrews has over more than like one game at a time. Right. And I really, if you take away that Giants game, his tenure with the Vikings wasn't really... It wasn't special or anything like that, um, but if let's let's take his 17 game pace. That's not fair. In nine games, his with first the, game with Washington was against Washington was good. Nine cat, yeah, nine catches for 70 yards. Is that the number two tight? Is that a guy that's moving ahead of Mark Andrews? No, I mean he had a well, lot he of that, catches. He had 16 fantasy points per game. Then yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, but of course he'd yeah. be if, if you're getting that consistently. Of course, <laughs> yeah, given that consistently. Okay, but then what you just I mean you just made it out to be some incredible game. It was it was a good game. And the thing, he had a lot of catches. Nine for 70 for a tight end is a pretty incredible game. Yes, he had a lot of catches with the Vikings. They threw the ball a ton. He had a ton of targets. His pace in the first nine games he played with Minnesota, so not including week 18 when he played 46% of the snaps, his pace was 111 catches, 950 yards, and six touchdowns on 161 targets. That is a ton of volume and a ton of catches, but not really a lot of production to go with the targets and catches. I would take him second if he's doing that again. I would take him second if he's getting 161 targets. I don't. I mean, do you think he's going to do that? Well, I mean, I think Adam Thielen might be gone. And if no one of significance is brought in in return, you know, they draft somebody day two. Yes. So put him second. So what are you waiting for? Put him second. No, but I I think we got to see. Like he said, I mean, if the Ravens have a new quarterback and it's not, you know, anybody good, <laughs> then it's easy to take Hawkinson second. I mean, like put it this for Mark Andrews, right? He's just been such a victim of being on this low pass volume team. He has had in his last two years, 32%. If you, if you look at his yards per game, Mark Andrews yards per game 
Compare that to the team's passing yards per game. He's been at 32% and 30% of his team's yards per game. Travis Kelsey the last two years, 24.2% and 25.5%. I mean, put Mark Andrews on an offense that's going to throw the ball more, and it wouldn't even be a question, right? I mean, but... And I think they probably will be an offense that's going to throw the ball more. I would hope so. Um, Anyway, all right, so you guys have Hawkins in third. What did I have him? I had him fifth. Why? Why did I have him fifth? I hate my rankings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's why. Because I don't think he's a special player. And I think Dallas Goddard has has really shown a lot of ability. I mean, two straight years where he's been number one amongst tight ends and top six overall amongst all receivers in yards per target. And Darren Waller is uh, is four for me, and then Hawkinson, and those That's guys. A bad one, Waller. Why though? I mean, look what he did when he came back from the injury. He was playing half the snaps, and he was having good games. He's such a talented player. You know, you don't like him on New England. No, I'm not going to like him on New England. <laughs> but you know, his his per game PPR per game last four seasons: sixth, second, sixth, and seventh. So it's a high floor for, for uh, Waller. And, and I, we know what he can do. Like, I'm not as impressed with what he did when he came back, I don't think, as you are. Well, when three you look at the snap counts, four, though. Three for 48, four for 58, three for 72, two for 35. Yeah, that's really good when he's playing 60% of his usual snap share. And two of those well, games with Stidham. Yes, he well, he's a guy who could play 90%. He was playing like 50%. Yeah, in the four four weeks, yeah, he was seventy to eighty percent, and then he was fifty seventy percent. Uh, well, in the past, has he? All right, whatever. For a guy who was playing fifty percent of the snaps, you know, toward the end of the season, I thought it was impressive. But okay, um, I just, right. there's there's so much uncertainty with him, especially the, even age. Yeah, he's not that old. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Why don't you guys break down your rankings? Kelsey one, Andrews two, Hawkinson three, Heath. What's four, five, six for you? That's the part that is the most difficult. I think those first three for me, and well, Kittle and I've got Kittle up there at number four. Um, I don't know what I had at the end of the season, but that's where I had. You had Kittle. Now. You had Kittle three, Hawkinson four. Okay, so yeah, um, and then trying to decide between Goddard, Pitts, and Waller for five, six, seven. Um, I'll go Goddard five, and then I'm going to go Pitts at six. Okay, Jamie, how about you? Uh, I have it right now. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard four, Kittle five, Waller six. Which Kittle? And, oh, I had one more argument for Dallas Goddard. Good. Um, he, A.J. Brown and, and uh, Devontae Smith did not miss a game. Imagine how much better Goddard would be if one of those guys got hurt. He's got that upside, you know, where he could get that value. If he got the same type of target volume that Hawkinson got, you know, I think he'd be so much better. So he's obviously, I can't rank him based on, oh, these guys are going to get hurt. But if it did happen, he's got that upside. I don't, I don't really know that there's a scenario where I mean, if that's Hawkinson, the game you want to play, what would Hawkinson be if Justin Jefferson I don't think got he'd hurt? Be any, I don't think he'd be on pace for more than 161 targets. I don't think he'd get more targets. Well, I mean, you can't you can't say he, he might not get better. <laughs> I'm that's how I, I, I feel about it. I feel I like Goddard would get a target boost if what, one of those guys got hurt. What you also can't do 
is say that Goddard will get a target boost and remain the most efficient tight end in fantasy because it's much easier to be efficient when you're getting the type of target volume that he is than the target target volume than Hawkinson is. Well, fine, but he still would get more targets and it would still be good and he'd still be more efficient than Hawkinson, I think. I, I think he probably would. Um, and I think, I think he's very good. It's just, I mean, we've been kind of waiting for Dallas Goddard to be an elite tight end for five years now. I'm not and calling him not elite. Been. I'm not calling him an elite tight end. I'm just not calling Hawkinson that. No, there's only one, maybe two, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's kind of how it is. All right, so if he's getting 160 targets. He's elite. He well, wasn't. I would agree with that. But he wasn't sure. elite. Like he just got 161 targets, and he wasn't elite. No, All he was on pace for that. He he didn't get that. Yeah, but but what he did in those games was not elite. It was it was close. Only because um, of the catches. 10, from weeks 10 through 17, he was 13.9 PPR fantasy points per game. I think 15 is probably elite. So it it was very close. And he did that without an off season to learn everything that he's going to learn. Okay. Um, all right, uh, so you guys would go Hawkinson, three, and then Heath goes Kittle, Goddard, Pitts. Jamie goes Goddard, Kittle, Waller, with, I guess, Pitts, seven. Uh, where did I have Pitts? Um, I might have had him lower than that. Mm. I have Pitts at seven, yes. What do you make of, of Kittle? Because he did finish uh, number two per game. Um, five points behind Kelsey, but one point ahead of Andrews and Hawkinson. Caught 11 touchdowns, which is insane for him, <laughs> for any 49er, but it happened. And uh, I think eight of those came with Purdy, right? Oh, maybe. But obviously a lot of it came without Debo. And he looked like pretty much a bust when Debo and Ayuk were, you know, it's the same story, right? So what, what do you make of Kittle? Like, does he need an injury to one of those guys? And, or maybe Ayuk to not be there uh, to be to be worth, uh, you know, like a, probably going to go in the sixth round or something like that? So he said something in the post-game interview after beating the Cowboys about Purdy when he was asked about him by Aaron Andrews. And he said he does a great job of getting his playmakers the ball. And I think that's kind of a little telling because, you know, you see, you see his targets and haven't exactly spiked, but he's kind of been living in that six to eight target range with, with Brock Purdy. And I think if he's getting consistently that, at least based on what he does when he has the ball in his hands, as long as he doesn't slow down by any stretch, and I don't know if that's going to happen next year. You know, he's so good. This team is so good at creating yards after catch. So four for 95 is what he gave you against Dallas. You know, he's, he's capable of obviously being a red zone threat and scoring now, at least based on what we saw this season. So I think, you know, he's, he's not in the conversation like he was a few years ago when he came off that huge season where it was, you know, is he the second best tight end? And that's clearly, you know, not something that he's been able to produce at consistently. But to be a top five guy, um, top six, you know, whatever you want to say, I, I think that's kind of where he should be ranked. And you should hope that he stays healthy because that's been a problem for him as well. If he stays healthy and Purdy is the quarterback, you're probably looking at pretty pretty good production. I don't know if elite production, but good production. What do you think, Heath? Yeah, I just think he is maybe the best of those guys who we don't think are going to be elite, but are good, must start, no doubt about it, tight ends. Okay, and then Waller versus Pitts. So Heath's going with Pitts and Jamie's going with Waller at number six. Uh, Heath, give me the Waller, give me the Pitts uh, side. 
Well, I think there are enormous question marks about both of these guys going into next year. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. We don't know exactly what the offense around them is going to look like. But they're both talented. One of them is going to be 22 years old. One of them is going to be 31 years old. I'm going to go with the 22-year-old for now. Jamie, give me the Waller argument. I mean, just you've, you've seen it from him. Like you said, Adam, he, he came back from the uh, hamstring injury. and I think it was hamstring. Um, and and played fairly well on limited snaps. Um, he did that with with Stidham for two games, and so we'll see what the quarterback situation is. I would hope it's somebody better than Stidham. If it's Tom Brady, then I think that's a great asset for him to have in this offense. You know, as long as there's no Gronk coming along with him. But I think if if the quarterback upgrade is significant enough that Darren Waller can bounce back, and if he stays healthy, he has a chance to be a top five tight end again. So you, you got to build age into it. You got to build in the fact that. Devontae Adams is now the alpha on that team in, in terms of the passing game, and, and we'll see if Renfro stays or if somebody else is brought in to, to compete with that. Plus, you have what Josh Jacobs did as the leading rusher, so keep that in mind if he's back as well. But I think, you know, Waller to me is very similar to Kittle, where exactly what he said. He's not going to be elite anymore, at least I don't expect him to be, but still good enough that you'll, you'll start him and, and good enough that he can be a top-five guy. If you gave... Okay, ready? If you gave Mark Andrews... Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, and George Kittle. Basically, every tight end we've talked about today, except for Kelsey. If you gave them and all. No. Are you, are you I said Andrews. Andrews I said Andrews. Okay. Yeah, I thought I did. Yeah, so did. two through seven, right? So those six tight ends Andrews, Goddard, Kittle, Pitts, Waller, and Hawkinson. Gave them all the same amount of targets. Should we do from the same quarterback? No, the same amount of targets. Who would be first and who would be last? Who are their quarterbacks? The same ones they had this year. Lamar Jackson, uh, not Mariota. Let's say Desmond Ritter. Uh, Hurts, Purdy. <laughs> I, I can't say Derek Carr. I don't know. Uh, Jared Stidham. I don't well, know. Why, are you give, why, are you, <laughs> why aren't you giving him Carr? Because it's not going to be Carr next year. Oh, I see what you're saying. Your best guess for next year, I guess. Fine, Brady. Um, so I would say it would be Andrews, Kittle, Goddard, Hawkinson, Pittswaller. Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard, Kittle, Waller. Hawkinson second. So I thought he'd be last. That's kind of my argument. Is he's the, he's like the least dynamic of this group, and needs a target advantage to be. To be really good in fantasy, whereas the other guys, I, I think, just went with the same way I had it ranked. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> wow, not even playing the game. All right, well, thank you, that Heath, for, like for participating. I do appreciate that. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the weekend slate. We'll do some DFS, and uh, boy, it's a lot of fun when you get a notification from DraftKings that uh, your winnings have been deposited, and then you remembered you did a oh, two yeah. a two dollar head to head or two dollar fifty fifty. You're like, oh, that doesn't really do anything for me, but okay, glad I played. Um, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Let's talk DFS. And who's your favorite stack for the weekend, Jamie? My favorite stack for the weekend is the Bengals. I think it's going to be very popular, but um, Joe Burrow, based on his price, he's the third highest quarterback. And given his history against the Chiefs, um, he's averaging over 320 yards per game in his three games against them. He's got eight touchdowns, one interception. Had a 33-point game against them in Week 13. And so just looking at him and Chase and Higgins and Boyd, you know, some combination of two of those guys, I think it's easy to do. And so, I, I you know, we've seen the, the Chiefs during the regular season, third in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks and passing games. So I think that's the easiest stack to look at and, and hopefully comes through. Again, we'll be very popular, though. Yeah, go ahead. It's definitely the best. Yeah, it's definitely the most popular stack. It's definitely the the top stack of the weekend. Um, I wonder if Mahomes is contrarian. I think he is. Yeah. If 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 I could play Mahomes slash Kelsey slash McKinnon or Mahomes slash Kelsey slash Tony at half the roster rate of the Burrow Bengals stack, then I think the the Chiefs stack would be my favorite. I don't really want to stack the, the the Eagles or the 49ers. Why not the I get the 49ers. Why not the Eagles? The 49ers have a really good defense. And it's tougher to stack the Eagles because there's three pass catchers, and one of those guys is probably going to lose out bigly. <laughs> Devontae Smith makes me the most nervous. Why? Because he's probably going to see the most of Ward. We're both line up. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Like Sometimes they shadow with Ward. Sometimes they don't. They probably won't, you would think. Um, and A.J. Brown just kind of complained a little bit. Right. Tony is the guy that makes the, the stack possible for the Chiefs. You know, he's 3,700 on DraftKings. He's just so much. And look, he hasn't really been that good, but he's got that potential. And uh, he's much cheaper than most of the wide receivers that you want to play. What, what the hell are we going to do at running back? This week. So I have, you know, just kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, one lineup that I built already was Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, and then bringing you back with McKinnon and Tony on the other side, and then playing A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. So that's kind of how I rounded out. So I think McKinnon and Tony are easy to, you know, balance the, the Bengal stack if that's the route you want to go because they are cheap. And I do think McKinnon bounces back. He was terrible last week for where he's been. First game without a target all season. His touchdown streak ended. He had a six-game receiving streak that started in Week 13 against the Chiefs. Excuse me, against the Bengals. So he had eight carries for 51 yards in that game as well. So I think you know people will look at Pacheco's stat line and say, okay, maybe he's the guy you want to look at. For me, I'd go the other way. Um, I, I think you take out his 39-yard run. It's a miserable stat line that he had last week against the Jaguars, and he did that with Henny under center. So uh, I think you, you know you said this, Adam, about Mahomes with his ankle injury. You know, wasn't really escaping the pocket. Um, to me, that's how Andy Reid sort of counters us with a lot of design plays for Jarek McKinnon because I think those are easy routes, and I think the same thing with Tony. Who are some, you know, bargain basement guys to help you fill out your lineup? Tyler Boyd's one of my favorites. All right, I'll get him in there. I'm going to have to take Jamar Chase out, though. Um, you know, making a DraftKings lineup. All right, I'll put A.J. Brown in. That's fine. Yeah, I think Kadarius Tony's going to be very popular. Tyler Kadarius Tony's cheaper than Tyler Boyd on DraftKings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath, how about you? Any like deep sleepers? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say that it's like a um, 
one of the Chiefs' non-Kelsey tight ends. Mm. They've thrown quite a few passing touchdowns this year to tight ends not named Travis Kelsey. And so maybe you could get a, a, a Noah Gray or a, a Blake Bell on the, he's their quarterback sneak guy. Um, so maybe one of those guys. Jamie, did you do your do rankings for this week? I did, yes. So how do you rank the quarterbacks? I rank the quarterbacks. I do it based on how I think it's going to get, who I think is going to get the Super Bowl. So I had Hurts one, uh, Burrow two, Mahomes three, and Purdy four. Okay, so. But that's you, more playoff challenge. Can you guys rank them? Why don't you rank the quarterbacks just based on this week? This week would be Hurts one, Burrow two, Mahomes three, and Purdy four. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's the fact that Mahomes is not 100%. You know, if you tell me right now he's 100, percent I would probably put him ahead of Burrow just because of of the upside. You know, I think what we got from him in, in the AFC Championship game a year ago is probably something that's replicable because they're going to throw a ball a lot. So he was 275, three and two, and so I think that's something that you know you can look at and say is probably something that could happen again. Remember, he didn't have a good game against them in Week 13. Now they didn't have the ball very much, and and he was limited, but. Um, it's one of his worst games. Bengals have not yet to allow a quarterback to go over 22 points. And they did a great job against Josh Allen last week. You know, he had a rushing touchdown to save him a little bit. That got him to 16 points. So, you know, give this defense credit. They've been fantastic all season long. Yeah, they've had such an easy schedule, but last week kind of debunked that. Um, they finally played a, you know, a good quarterback. Uh, Heath, uh, any thoughts on uh, how would you rank them this week? I don't think I see an enormous game for any of the four quarterbacks. And so for DFS purposes, I might just put a couple Purdy lineups out there. Um, okay. I, I I feel like I have a pretty decent feel for, you know, what to expect or who to play in the Bengals Chiefs. I don't know how you guys feel. And obviously, like, you want the Bengals passing game. We already talked about McKinnon is not, not really a Pacheco game. Kelsey's Kelsey, and and then Mahomes is a gamble because of the ankle, and Tony is their emerging wide receiver. He's cheaper than Juju, whatever. Um, Mixon, you know, what, let's get to Mixon real quick, and then we'll move on to San Francisco, Philadelphia. Mixon, to me, I really felt like the Bills were very hampered by the conditions. Just couldn't tackle, couldn't seem to get their footing, and Mixon took advantage of it. Um, and uh, the, but the Chiefs don't do not have a good run defense, and he was very good against them in the first game. Do you like Joe Mixon? I, he didn't play in the first game. Oh, P Ryan was I'm sorry. P Ryan was great against them in the first game. Yeah. Um, do you like Mixon this week? I think he has the chance to be the best running back this weekend based on his price. So you got to factor in McCaffrey with the calf injury taking on the Eagles' run defense, which we know has been spotty at times, but I think has certainly turned the corner lately, especially with Jordan Davis back. So they've allowed three total touchdowns in their last seven games. McCaffrey is the most expensive running back. He's got an eight-game scoring streak, which coincides with every game that Brock Purdy has played, in fact, during the Dolphins game when he took over for Garoppolo. So he's got to have, I think, a huge game to justify that. Now, he had 17 PPR points last week, which is good, but it's not worth what he's costing you. And so I think that makes him a little bit risky. So Mixon's coming off, again, a game where you alluded to, Adam, you know, maybe the the, the conditions helped him. His first 100-yard game since that Carolina game when he went for 154. Right. Um, I think it was 154, but he had 54 fantasy points. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But it was his first 100-yard game yeah. since week nine. Um, and uh, and the Chiefs just gave up 80 total yards and a touchdown to ETN on only 10 carries and three catches. So I think if you expect the Bengals to win, you're probably looking at mixing in the 15-plus carry range and probably three catches, which is what he's been essentially uh, for the majority of his last five games. So... 
18, 20 total touches. I think that's a good buy based on his cost. All right. Heath, let's talk about the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, the 49ers obviously have a great run defense. They're not great against wide receivers. Uh, do, what do you think about the uh, the Eagles passing game and Jalen Hurts in general? I'm probably staying away from Dallas Goddard because they are great against tight ends. Um, I I would I like McCaffrey if he's healthy. If we think McCaffrey's okay, um, even last week, like Saquon Barkley only had nine carries against the Eagles, but he turned him into 61 yards. Right, right. I I don't think they're going to stop Christian McCaffrey if he's okay, and I think that the Shanahan has to know that the path to winning this game is having success on the ground. Um. I would prefer, I think, um, A.J. Brown over Devontae Smith and Ayuk over Debo Samuel. AJ Brown. And okay. Kittle over Why Ayuk over Debo? I'm just not 100% sure about Debo's health. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get some lineups then. Let's do it. Um, I'll yeah. go last. Okay. Uh, Jamie, what do you have? FanDuel, DraftKings, both? I just gave you my DraftKings one. I'll give you my FanDuel one. Okay. So I'm going with uh, Hertz at quarterback. I'm playing the same running backs in both both lineups that I'm putting on the site. I'll play a few different. I'll play a McCaffrey lineup. I'll play some other other combinations as well. But Mixon and McKinnon in this lineup as well. AJ Brown, T. Higgins, and Kadarius Tony. I will play Goddard because I don't think the 49ers are particularly that great against tight ends, especially when they're getting featured. And then Tyler Boyd at flex, and I'm just going to play the Bengals defense across the board because if Mahomes is not Mahomes, you get some turnovers, and that's always a good thing for the cost. Okay, so who is your quarterback? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, okay, okay. Nixon and McKinnon at running back. Yeah. A.J. I, Brown, T. Higgins, Kadarius Tony at receiver, Goddard at tight end, Tyler Boyd at flex, and the Bengals DSD. Yeah, no, we have almost the same FanDuel lineup except you go Hurts and A.J. Brown. I go Burrow and Jamar Chase. But I also have Mixon and McKinnon. I also have Higgins and Kadarius Toney. I also have Dallas Goddard. I couldn't put any more Bengals in, unfortunately, so I went with the 49ers DST, and I try, I wanted Tyler Boyd at flex. Instead, I have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which which I don't like so much, but you got to find some some inexpensive player there. So Jamie, tricky week. Only- yeah, sure, certainly. Jamie and I both have Mixon, McKinnon, Higgins, and Toney, and Goddard. In our FanDuel lineup, differences, I have Burrow and Chase. He has Hertz and A.J. Brown. He has the Bengals DST. I have the Niners. He has Tyler Boyd. I have MBS. Uh, Heath, what do you have? Nothing that I like so far. But um, right now I've got a Purdy-McCaffrey lineup with McKinnon and Mixon as well. Mixon's in the flex. Um, I've got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Quez Watkins at wide receiver. Kelsey at tight end and the 49ers defense. Yeah, it's interesting, Jamie. I wanted to get Kelsey in there. Um, I did in my DraftKings lineup. Uh, but uh, I don't know how you felt. Like You went Goddard, I went Goddard, Heath went Kelsey. We all have Mixon and McKinnon. So, and that's an interesting Purdy McCaffrey. Okay, all right, anyway, uh, uh, you probably don't have a DraftKings lineup yet, right, Heath? I do not. Okay, my DraftKings lineup, I did, go, we, I did it while you were talking about making a Chiefs stack earlier. So I went Mahomes, McKinnon, and Kelsey. I have Higgins and Mixon. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I have Tony, too. Mahomes, McKinnon, Tony, Kelsey. So four Chiefs. Um, Mixon as my other running back. A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Eagles DST. So I have a lot of Chiefs and Bengals. I have... Uh, That's my favorite one I've heard yet. Okay. Mahomes, McKinnon, Mixon, A.J. Brown, like Higgins, Tony. No way. 
<laughs> Kelsey, Tyler Boyd, and the Eagles. But, but you don't have as many, like, just guys that we don't actually want to play, but we're trying to fit somebody in. I don't have any other. Tyler Boyd would be the, the one. Right. Um, I mean, like, I, I mean, don't look, really. There's going to be somebody random. You know, Quez Watkins type of guy, Juwan Jennings type of guy. Somebody's going to have a player or two that, you know, sways this for, for, for someone because that's just the nature of how this goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you know, you could you could be really creative and play a Chad Henney lineup and see, you know, Mahomes leaves the game. No, don't even joke about that. No, you're right. Uh, I think we have a question from Apple Podcasts. Let me just look that up real quick here because if you are going to be nice enough to leave us a nice five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts, which you can still do, tell everybody why you like our show. You can leave us a question and we'll answer it. Did I kill enough time yet? Come on, load. Load, PC load letter. All right, here we go. Uh, keeper question from Wake Up, excuse me, Wake Up 23. Full PPR, 10 team league, two quarterbacks, three receivers, two flex, two running back. We need to pick two keepers here Brees Hall, Josh Allen. Remember, it's 10 teams and it's two quarterbacks. Brees Hall, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb. Wow, pick the two of those. The quarterbacks. Of course. Three receivers and two flex and PPR. You're going to give you up have Justin two top Jefferson? Three quarterbacks there. Good luck to everybody else in your league and just go get everything else you need. All right. Heath, what do you think? It was Josh Allen and who? Jalen Hurts. And there's yeah, also Justin Je- There's also Justin Jefferson, though. Yeah, I think my first three picks would be Hurts versus Jefferson is the one I'm not sure of, but Allen for sure. Okay. All right, all right, all right. And you got to know how your league values right. quarterbacks. Like, I, I'm in a two-quarterback league where maybe one quarterback gets taken in the first round still. So you got to know how your league values quarterbacks. But Yeah. Right, that's my concern with taking Hurts because it's, it's three receivers with two flexes and it's PPR. I wonder how fast the wide receivers go off the board. And Is it four point per pass touchdown or six? I'm not sure. Yeah. And do we, do we lose the picks in the first round yes. by keeping those guys? yes. So he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a pick until round three. Correct. Uh, but nobody does, right? Well, it depends. Everybody's losing their first two picks, no matter what. It seems that way. Since keepers count for round one and two, maybe you don't so, have to keep. Maybe you don't have to. So keep he does players. have a first round pick, basically, because everybody has to do that. Right. Yeah. So he may be picking first, for all we know. He said that going into last season, he kept Josh Allen and Justin Jefferson, and he won the championship. He's thinking about keeping Lamb and Jefferson. Don't do that. <laughs> Definitely take one of well, uh, the quarterbacks. See, his point, though, if it's four points for passing touchdowns and quarterbacks are not as valuable, even though it's two QB league. No, but those guys are even better than most of the other quarterbacks. No, I, I would agree. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, if the position is extremely devalued, then maybe you don't keep one of them. This makes me think of that time, Adam. Remember when you said that Patrick Mahomes was less valuable in two quarterback leagues? Every quarterback is less valuable in two quarterback leagues, is what I was saying. Yes, not just Mahomes. we drafted them much earlier. But they all get drafted much. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> all right. It took 41 minutes for Heath to completely fluster me, but it happened. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you Monday with a recap. We'll get you set for uh, the Super Bowl next time we talk. For Jamie and Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. I think we'll have a new head coach hire by then? E- no. None? By when? By Monday or by the Super Bowl? By Monday.
I'm going to say no. Will Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley have a new contract by then? No, definitely not. Will Derek Carr be traded by then? There's or not going to be Rogers. one single interesting thing that happens in football before Monday, other than the games. Some some team will try and steal the 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 spotlight and hire Sean Payton. I thought he's going back to TV, right? Oh. Could they put more hey. people in that Fox studio? By the way, like they need a bigger desk. I hear you're uh, you're hired. By the way, <laughs> oh, this is, this is your last CBS. He wanted to wait and see if uh, the Chargers would give Brandon Staley more than one more year. Okay, I'll wait for that Chargers. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later.